we're going to be into it before we're out of it, and we're going to be upside down and inside out. Okay, here we go. What's going down? Growing pains. Open it up. Growing pains? Growing pains. Oh, man. Do we have any or what? Let's talk about something completely different. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, thanks, bro. This is too close to home. Are no. you <laughs> we have our heart shields up right now. Fine, dude. Talk about whatever you want to talk oh, about. No, this I is just, our podcast. I don't give a fuck. This is our podcast? This is our podcast. Dude, it's for is... you, but it's ours, too. Well, you, Here's I the mean, other thing. We can still talk about this anytime we want, but something's on your mind, and you said it right then. Let's talk about something completely different. Someone asked me a, a question on Instagram that I thought was... Should we put this back into the card, by the way, so we can open it another time? I don't know. Let's just throw it on the table. Okay. Well, so we'd been talking, I've been figuring out or exploring what it would look like to have a dialed in review system. Yep. So we were talking about the Acton Academy. Yep. Which is a series of one room schoolhouses. Everything's mostly run by the students there and they don't do grades in the traditional sense. So Mm -hmm. they have a system of points badges and reviews that kind of that's how they track your progress okay Okay. so the way it works is points are what you're awarded for effort and their main metric when they're talking about points you're kind of evaluated on did you put your heart into it? Yeah. You know, are you, are you showing up? Are you giving it your all basically? So that's how you get points. So that's kind of rewarding effort. And then badges are rewarding meeting the standard of achievement. So you have, you have to have some sort of standard of attainment once you get you know what you might call mastery or something you you would earn a badge and i'm you know different I'm par- categories i'm, par- of I'm paraphrasing of here yep. right um kind of applying it to how taking their so you principles could be, you could be earning points trying really hard but not getting badges exactly okay keep going exactly and then you the, haven't done it to the level yet exactly so the review portion of it they use a 360 review and what people are evaluating in that is in their sense, your character. So we might evaluate, you know, this combination of character and culture. Is is Jared a shining example of Cat and Cloud's mission, vision, values? You know, what are examples of him being a, a positive impact or carrying these values with him? Does he do that well or does he not? And in their case, it would be done by, you would have your peers do it mostly. Okay. Um, in our case, it might be done by maybe the team, but probably your leadership, yeah. you know. Um, and then sp- citing specific examples, which I think is 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 pretty cool. I think it's neat, and you can see who's. Yeah, I think it's really cool. You can see who's got influence, who's making a difference to the people around them, not just to the. You know, you can't just perform in front of the leader. You can perform all the time, right? Yeah, and I was thinking through this and and kind of writing a wrap up, and you just touched on it already, which is effort and impact aren't the same thing yeah yeah they're com- 
they're different. Really unfortunate, but true. And it's someone, not unfortunate, but it can be tar- It can be hard for people. It's a including it's, it's a hard pill to swallow. So yeah. someone reached out to me and was like, "You said effort and impact aren't the same thing." You know, what do you mean by that? Because I think hmm. people do have. To me, it feels really clear, but I can see how people have a hard time separating it. You know, so efforts, you know, the amount of energy you're putting into something and impact is the result of that energy. Did it work? So I heard this story of, uh, I can't remember what he was studying, college student and was working with his professor in whatever master's or doctorate program they were in and was having a really, really hard time with the material and despite coach coaching effort after coaching effort teaching effort after teaching effort just things were getting rocky so he had to go talk to the dean and it was the dean him and the the teacher and they're like look none of this stuff is adding up you're this isn't good this isn't good this isn't good this isn't good and he just looks and he doesn't get it and he's like but I'm trying so hard. I'm working so hard. And the dean just finally looks at him and says, it's not about how hard you're trying. It's about what happens when you try. It's about Mm -hmm. what does your effort end up in? So despite this person just pouring his heart into it, in this case, he'd have a lot of points. He would not be able to earn the badge because he's not showing mastery of the material Mm -hmm. and that's a tricky one so yeah and and i guess where 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 it was kind of going so that's answering a question but where i was kind of running in my head is like okay you have these three different sections where you have uh effort you have attainment and then you have some sort of cultural continuity or cultural example. And you have a matrix of those three things mm-hmm. to where it's, let's say you could rate each one of them on a one to 10 scale and each individual category might need to be over 80%. And then the combination of the three of them would also need to be over a certain number. Sure. So you could you could look at that and say, okay, cool. This person is a, is putting, putting their heart into their work. There's an impact that comes from that. And they're, a, they're a good cultural fit. And that's mm-hmm. like this perfect little matrix. Yeah. And, um, and you like that one. I kind of like feels it. It's good. I mean, no, I like that too. And then the, then someone might ask, okay, well, if you have to have mastery and you have to be a cultural fit, why, why is the effort portion of it? Why do the points matter? And the the effort, did you put your heart into it, matters because, well, one, I think you can feel someone's energy and intentionality when they're stepping up to the plate to do the work. It's not just about doing it. How you're doing it actually matters. Absolutely. And then two, if someone's new at something, mm-hmm. you all you kind of have to track their progress on is the effort because so if you took a new barista or a new concierge or a new whatever they're not going to hit that ultimate standard of attainment right away there's a learning curve yeah so and the way they do it is in the same way to where it's like okay is this your first time the metrics the same did you put your heart into it Mm -hmm. if this is your second time doing something then 
they say, okay, is this better than last time? Mm -hmm. Are you improving? And then once you get up to meeting that standard, the next is, okay, you've had a couple goes at this. Let's see where you're at. Can we compare your, your, um, where you're at to a master? Right. You know, so if it was, if you got like a whole new world of legwork, you could be exactly. And I think that's a really cool idea too, because there's a, then you can show, you can see improvement even after you've met the spec because masters are far above the spec. So if we were going to use you as the barista example, let's say, okay, cool. Uh, I'm starting as a barista. I'm putting in my effort. Now I'm barista certified. I'm there. I'm meeting the base minimum standard, which is still really high. Mm -hmm. Are you as good as Jared? Right. (laughs) And that's, that's a, there's a lot of ground to cover there. And that helps you see all of the things that you could dive into to make yourself better at that thing. Yeah. And not, and those things in the barista example don't only have to do with just making coffee, right? Absolutely. It's like, I mean, it's I like, not for are my skills up to spec? Sure. But uh, part of being a barista is your guest interaction. Part of being a barista is your cleanliness. Part of being a barista is your strict coffee knowledge. Mm-hmm. Um, all of those things. It's part, part of it's just company knowledge too. Yeah, absolutely. One of my being engaged. Yeah. It's like my favorite story ever from the Disney Institute, I think, is talking about how they train their custodial staff who are, you know, however many weeks of training in the first several weeks are focused strictly on culture and information because Mm -hmm. they're frontline in that you're walking around the park and someone's going to be, hey, where do I find this? Hey, how does Mm -hmm. this work? Hey, how does they have to know everything? And then they spend, you know, one tenth of their training at the very end. This is how you sweep the floor. Yeah, Yeah, exactly. (laughs) This is how the bathroom cleaning works in the schedule. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, I, I love these ideas and I like the points of like the idea around effort, right? It allows you to look at somebody who's trying really hard, but then it allows everybody in leadership also culturally, if this is a peer reviewed thing, like how are we supporting this person, right? Everybody's going to have a potentially unique learning style. There's going to be some straightforward competency things where you can show somebody exactly how to do something and then ask them to repeat it. And you can practice in some of that and you can see their heart and soul in that, but there's, there's all the nuances to the job that is at hand and being able to offer somebody like points for progression is great. It also allows you to hold your leadership team accountable to teaching well and to holding people accountable beyond just effort. Right. It's like when I thought when you were talking about the amount of work and versus the, you know, the outcome of that work, you can just, it's like, well, yeah, you throw somebody, whatever in a car on ice trying to go uphill in normal tires and it's like they could be flooring it and the whole engine could be burning <laughs> out and they could be going backwards that's a fun analogy and then you throw on some snow tires or whatever with some little clankers and all of a sudden you know an eighth of the effort and you're going a million times further yeah and that's kind of a real poignant portion of where my brain's living right now is how to, how to, besides the fact that I really like that idea around a review system, because it gives everybody a common language, it gives everybody like multiple paths to look at their work beyond just day to day, right? It look, it gives you like a long path. It gives you, it gives you a lot to work with, especially if you're open and paying attention. You can, you can yeah. just find your, find so much you could do. You can find a path within the job that you already have, which is really powerful. Right. Yeah. 
And then the other flip side of that is you can see and ask yourself as whatever, a leader, a team member, like, man, how hard do I feel like I'm working and am I getting results? Because to me, that's also, especially if you're a leader, where you have to be able to either consult with other people in your team or company to find your way forward. If you feel like you're working as hard as you possibly can and you're not getting your results, then you you know, like that person who maybe went to see the dean, whether he chose to go there or not, like found their way to another place where it was like, I need to, right. fi- I need to find a way forward. Like I'm burning the midnight oil mm-hmm. and I'm getting tired of burning the midnight oil. Let's figure out what to do, you know, and there's, you can have all the heart in the world and, you know, burn yourself out because that's, yeah. that's a reality in the world. So to me, you know, you have an opportunity to have a system like this, which I think is super valuable and then you have an opportunity through a system like this to look, I mean, even if you didn't implement it the way that we might, you know, like we, if we did implement it exactly, like even if you just heard what we said, what Chris just said right now, and started looking at your work like that, like, man, how hard do I feel like I'm working? And then you can start analyzing, like, how's because, it going? Yeah, exactly. And then that ties into what we were talking about before we started here. So where there's a bunch of different ways we can start to get that data on what may or may not fill people up. Yeah. But it's really cut and dry if you're, if you're if you're tracking these things and it's like look man your points are off the charts <laughs> you don't get shit done though yeah <laughs> what's like, going on like you're showing up and then what we have to do is okay so i'm a big fan of if something's going wrong first thing off i'm going to assume that it's me like if if i'm not getting what i feel like i need or if i'm not meeting my own standard if something is just weird i'm like what am i doing wrong try yeah. to fix it there so you as an employee could be like, okay, like, what am I not understanding? What am I missing? What am, what am, what's wrong? Mm-hmm. And that might take a little bit of soul searching and you might find that, well, if someone else is tracking your progress, you can kind of be sure that you are putting in the effort, mm-hmm. right? Whereas if you're measuring your own effort, you might <laughs> discover that you're not really putting in as much as you think. So maybe this isn't the job for you. Maybe there's something else going on that's distracting you. There's a lot of other things to discover. If, if it's not a one-off problem, so let's say we adopted that rating system and then we rated all of our employees and everyone's at 60% on everything, then we have to, then the problem is ours because maybe we're not teaching well enough. We're not being as clear with the standard as we think we are. Right. Because ideally, if everything's good, you would want the, the bulk of the people are going to be hitting the marks. Uh The system's not designed to point out failures it's designed to encourage you know people to step up absolutely <laughs> it's, it's and, built and to help people maybe. win yeah yeah, yeah Cal- exactly. and stepping in right yeah. it's not a punishment a call system. in you guys right yeah it's more of a rewards thing than a i mean it's a cultural heartbeat however you want to talk about it but hey all those words really work for me yeah <laughs> pick your pick your favorite pick your poison everybody pick your favorite but i, I think that's so it's so important to note because I, if you are stressed out, it's, I have this thing where I'm often bouncing back and forth between the employee mindset and the business owner mindset. Cause I, yeah, cause I, we, I feel like I can do that. <laughs> still see it from both sides. I still remember what it felt like, but if you as an employee or if you as a business owner are, feeling like you're not getting what you need or it just feels way harder than it needs to be. Oh, okay. I got to shift. Let's say I'm an employee. 
Okay. And I'm like, damn, this job is, I like working here. This job's really hard. I feel like I'm constantly underwater. I feel like I'm really struggling with it. It's stressing me out. I'm working way overtime. You probably don't feel those things in a vacuum. Your boss probably thinking the same thing about you. Yeah. You know, and, and it works it works both ways. So being able to have a way to just clearly articulate and you can both both have speaking the same language, like, yeah, this is this this. Right. <laughs> this is just not all adding up. Yeah. I mean, I keep thinking about, you know, that whole idea of white right work and energy. And I, I've thought about it in the context of people who have been like green buyers in coffee or the ones who get to travel to the events like SCA. Mm-hmm. And I, I think about, I'm, I'm getting this more expanded view on humanity. And, you know, there's always a couple people who are like, oh, dude, green buyers, like they travel all the time. They're out of the country. They're seeing all these things. Oh, it sounds like the most amazing thing. And there's one part of that that could be a naivety. There's one part of that that might be a, a, the right fit for the kind of idea of what a green buyer might be. Meaning like this person who's saying that might actually be perfectly happy being alone almost all the time, living out of a hotel room, kind of vagabondy, you know, mm-hmm. whatever, call it six months a year for the people who used to do that. Like Ryan Brown, one of our good friends was, you know, um, he was a green buyer and he did a lot of work, especially early on and especially coffee. And I would talk to him about this and be like, yeah, man, it's like, sounds cool, but I'm really tired all the time. I'm pretty lonely. Like you're just by yourself traveling all these places and you're, you're connecting with farmer partners for sure. But, you know, you see them once a year for a week and then you move on to somebody else and it's basically just all work. And, you know, that perspective is interesting in my opinion, for two reasons, because you might, be perfect for that job because of the kind of work that it is. It gives you energy. I think arguably no matter what people are going to need rest and it's not perfect and sustainable to be on the road forever and not have a home. But then there's the other side. It's like those people who say the same thing, like, Oh, you get to travel or like maybe for us, you get to record this podcast. You get to do these things and it's gotta be like the coolest work ever. And it's like, there is a lot of cool and value to it. And at the same time, it doesn't always fill the people up who do that work. Yeah. Going to SCA I think there's elements as for an example, right? There's elements of that, that fill me up that are not going to be the elements that probably fill up Chris. And there's going to be elements of that whole like place that probably drain the shit out of people who work for us, who actually would get there and be like, Oh, this is not for me. And so there's more and more perspective on like the kind of work and the kind of energy and focus and in the areas of focus, those things are becoming more of an interest of mine as I like look at a team and look at our business of 70 plus people and try to be one of the individuals in charge of, you know, a number of human beings. And it's like, when I can't be everything for everybody, they obviously can't be everything for everybody. So what can they be really amazing at and not burn out at that falls within the categories of the work that we do? And that is a large portion of the, the work for me that I'm really interested in right now, but also that could fit nicely accompanied by, you know, what you're talking about right. in terms of a effort, badge of impact, and then cultural connection piece. You know, those three pieces working together can give somebody a pretty clear vision of assuming, you know, you and myself and like the people who create or implement this um, assessment are aligned. It can give them a pretty clear picture of like, oh, okay. 
for the amount of work I'm doing, I'm not really getting a lot out of it. Not necessarily personally, but like I'm not getting a lot of, I'm not moving in the right direction per right. se. And that is really powerful. I guess what I do with that is I, I start thinking about like, okay, let's look at what your work is and where are you getting like bang for your buck? And right. how, how can we support or maybe even like just change the mindset on how you approach your work. You know, that might be helpful too. I don't even, I don't know. There, I do know that there's answers and solutions though. And I, it's going to be different for everybody. So when I say I don't know, it's going to be individualized in some capacity unless it comes to specific hard skills that literally you can put on a piece of paper or in a video or in person and just like you put your hand right there and you turn on the thing and they set <laughs> it right there and then you pull it out. And you know, like when it goes beyond that, there's a lot of opportunity. Cat and Cloud Podcast is brought to you by Art Presso Design. Art Presso is dedicated to advancing the artistry of espresso preparation by creating innovative tools and products for the coffee industry. They basically take all the annoying things that you thought you had to live with. Nasty towels for your steam wands, a leftover screwdriver from the hardware store for your dispersion screen, and create thoughtfully designed purpose-built tools that are barista focused. Basically enabling you to make coffee and not a mess. Check out more of their work at artpressodesign.com or follow them on their social channels. Here's the thing, everybody. We don't have to show off and say that we make house syrups by ourselves, okay? Some of you might be good at making syrups, but not all of us are good at making syrups. And you know why? Because that's not the point of our jobs. We have people who could help us with that. And so we at Cat and Cloud use Holy Cacao. They are amazing, not only at chocolate syrups, but at all the other amazing flavored syrups, vanillas, you got Demerara sugar syrup. That one's actually pretty banger and many, many more. So do yourself a favor, reach on out, shout out Wyatt, the owner. You know you love it. Check them out at holycacao.com. Well, in a, in a business like ours, as you come up and take on more and more and more leadership responsibility, your job starts to move away more and more from hard skills really clearly articulated hard skills to where there's there's some fundamentals that you want to have for sure but there's not really an sop for this is how you be a leader because much of what being a leader is is solving problems for which there are no there is no rubric or legend or key for it it's like that's why you're there because you are the problem solver you are the the visionary gatekeeper you see things that other people can't and you see things before other people are able to see them right like if if it was so obvious if it was just dialed in and you and wouldn't there was need SOP, anymore you, we wouldn't need you yeah. right but we do yeah and i think that is a big struggle for a lot of people because it once you remove that or once you accept that you have to accept that you're not safe anymore mm. there is no there's no like no fallback. There's no reassurance. Yeah. Because you you can stick to your principles as well as you can, but what you're doing, it might work and it might not. Yeah. And you might have to take the next best step on something like we were talking about before mm -hmm. and know that that's not perfect and you're going to have to be okay with that. You're going to have to be okay with continually moving in the right direction and maybe not being exactly where you want to be. There's a lot of unknown that comes with being in a position of of leadership which is is why it's kind of stressful but then if, if if there is it is helpful if you do have a way to measure 
the impact of your leadership over time, like that could be invaluable, you know, and you would have to do that again. This is why I kind of like, or really resonate with that review method. You want to measure it across multiple, you want to have multiple metrics of measurement. So if you are, if you're a team leader of a cafe, for example, and I think these things are tied together. So in a perfect world, you would see them go up and down in lockstep more or less over the long run, not necessarily over the short run. For example, if you had a cafe that was doing poorly and your job as a leader was to turn it around, you could maybe turn it around financially in the short term by doing some not so savory cultural things. Mm. And you might for a a period of time have, okay, like my financial metrics are on fire, you Mm -hmm. know? So my performance in that category is 10 out of 10, but culturally I'm at a five out of 10, but we're making more money, you know? So that's why you need to measure them both. And because if you keep going down that road, I would actually imagine that if you're running at a cultural five, the finances are going to follow like steadily I mean, after that. We've seen you know that. what I mean? Yeah, it, it's like you, you really need to have the the whole package to make it sustainable. Mm-hmm. But then you could say like, okay, cool. Like I'm every day I'm solving these weird, interesting, challenging problems. I'm interfacing with people and helping them see the value and potential in their work. I get hit with things that are unprecedented and it's really foggy. I don't know if it's working or not, but if you have a system, then you can see like, oh, cool. Like actually for the past year, I've increased our, our, you know, margins. Bottom line's gone up by two, five, whatever percent. I've been continually scoring culturally between a seven, 70 and 90% with, you know, 80% of my employees. Like, this is great. Like things mm-hmm. are working out. And I, my energy is pretty good. Right. And maybe none of those things are, you know, it, pick your poison. Like you might be to your point and talking about job fit, you might actually be able to hammer out some of those things for a while where it's like metrics are going up, culture is good and I'm fucking fried. Right. Like I'm, I'm completely blasted. Like yep. I can't like, like I'm physically doing it, but if, but it's killing me. Yeah. <laughs> and then, the argument would be again that only th- that pain is only sustainable for so long right. because sooner or later someone's going to catch on and then all the other metrics are going to drop and lockstep with it. Yeah. And then that's the opportunity. It's like, yeah. how are you approaching your work and what is, what is draining you in this work, you know, and, and where's the success coming from and what are you doing that's making that success come to play? And if that is literally because you're saying they're trying to be Hercules and hold the whole place up yourself. Right. And like everything that comes up, it's like, I got it, I got it, I got it, I got it, I got it. That's not sustainable. And that's even like, that's a no brainer and it's obvious, but I think we'd be, if we were to be honest with ourselves, how many times do we end up putting ourselves in those places with good intent and then living in those places because we haven't actually found solutions? Yeah. You know? Yes. Yeah. And then, but that's again where you have, you're supposed to have a team of people and leaders and at least peers around you to be like, yeah, I see you going pretty hard right now. What's working, what's not, you know? And, and yeah, you can offer, you can offer insight and support, but you can also just, there's parts of it to me where, again, it's call yourself, if you're going to be in leadership per se, it's like there would be generalized, agreed upon 
ideals where you're unable to hide, right? So for instance, like one of the things that I want, whether we nail it or not, it's like our bathrooms never smell. And it's like, cool, our bathrooms never smell. That's the plan. So if the bathrooms have been smelling and they're still smelling, like there's, there's a reason and there's a solution. And so whether you like how it feels to figure out what to do or not, or whether that fills you up or doesn't, isn't really the question. It's that we don't have smelly bathrooms. So your sure. job as a leader is to find one of the 20 solutions, one of which could be, yo, so-and-so to my left, could you find a solution where like our bathroom's funky? I think it's either whatever, a toilet, or we just need to replace a thing. And could you handle that for me? Because I need some help with it. Or you could do it yourself or a number of different reasons. But like it gets done. It gets done. That's the thing. Like the job is not, you don't get to be like, man, I just don't know how to do that. Well, I think that what you're saying ties, that ties into the bigger cultural context that we talk about (laughs) often. And the bathroom is a great example because literally no one wants to clean the bathroom in any way, shape or form. You know, no one's psyched. Like I want to clean the toilet. I want to figure out why this thing stinks. Yeah, I want to come to work for that job typically. Right. Right. So the bathroom is a, so it, the, they come to work because they love hospitality. They love making people happy. They want to impact someone's day in a positive way. And the bathroom is part of that, you yeah. know, cause the whole thing comes crumbling down. If you walk into this shining cafe, everyone's super nice. And then you go in the bathroom and it just smells like shit. Yeah, so it's not good. You trash know. everywhere. Nobody yeah. cares. This is like incontinuity in the show. It, it, it takes you out of the moment yeah. and it's not good. Yeah, so, you know, it's much easier to clean the bathroom or to figure out those problems that you don't want to figure out because every job involves some things that you don't want to do no matter how well matched you are to your job. Yeah. You know, and those things are easier to do when you understand why you're doing them. When you feel more connected to the culture to where it's like, man, I don't want to clean the bathroom, but I'm like, I know what this means to the show. I know what this means to the guests that come in and I'm going to hammer it out. Whatever. It's not going to take that long. Yeah. It's going to be fine. No big deal, but it has to get done because there's no smelly bathrooms, just like there's no trash on the ground at at Disneyland. I mean, that actually is, there's like a story about that. One of the leaders who's in charge of all of the custodial people, he had, I was like reading up on a blog and he had, he did have a story about how you encourage people in that place, right? And they, people can occasionally, you know, get to the place of like, dude, I just, I just clean up trash all day. Like I'm not valuable. And, and his point is like, he's all, here's what I usually do. He's all, one thing that I do is I take him on a little walk and I take him over to one of Walt's benches and I remind him like, you know, when Walt came up with this whole idea, he was sitting at a bench just like this one. And he was sitting by a merry-go-round watching his daughters and there was peanut shells all over the ground. And before this place ever came to be, he was like, I want a place that's clean and that people can come and uh, people of all ages can come and have a good time, but it's got to be clean. So in the inception of Disneyland, your job as a custodial here was one of the most important things and one of the first things he ever thought about in creating this place is I want a place that's clean. So I'm here to remind you that your job is super, super valuable and important. So much so that like the founder and creator of this place that trillions of people have come to thought about your job before he created, well, maybe not before he created Mickey Mouse, but before he created this idea it's one of the key things (laughs) that separates disneyland from every other 
amusement park in the entire world. Yeah. Because you can kind of count on two things with Disney. You can count on their amazing characters. They're fun. They're undeniably good at that. And the place is clean. And if one of those things isn't there, it's really not Disneyland anymore. Yeah. You know, it's it's just not. I can't even imagine Disneyland with trash on the ground. Mm-hmm. You know, that's some fucking Six Flags shit. That's like it really, yeah, it's a Universal basic Studios shit. stuff. <laughs> and it's you don't go there for the same reasons that you go to Disneyland. Mm-hmm. It, it's a different vibe. And I think that's connecting to what we were talking about earlier with, you know, growth and possibility and have helping people see you know what they can contribute to it's like there's so much that people can contribute to mm-hmm. now if we can only make them aware of what it really means yeah because that's i think that is that's the key that's you know the things that most people see as mundane or simple or basic those things are magical you know, those, the, that's what your life is built. Your life is built more around trips to the coffee shop than it is vacations that you take once a year. Like, I firmly believe that. Yeah, and no, that's, I That's agree. where I feel the power of the person who's behind the counter at the coffee shop, at the bank, at wherever you go on the day-to-day, the grocery store, whatever. It's like those people really shape your lives mm-hmm. a lot. And you can show up and... No bullshit, make the fucking world better and change the way people navigate their whole entire day. Mm -hmm. Like, that's fucking real. Like, I believe in human energy. The shit exists. I don't need science. I don't fucking care. Like, this shit is real. Like, I think the science backs it anyway. Like, everybody's felt it, you know? And you feel it at concerts. You feel it when people are unified. That's the opportunity. And the opportunity, it's. To take it, and I think some people take that in the context of service, and they they get it a little twisted, and they think that giving that energy to people is simply being nice to them. And being nice to them is a part of that. It's a part of it, but it's not the whole thing. So mm-hmm. to make the whole experience the way we want to create it, you have to be friendly, you have to be attentive, you have to be curious, you have to be in tune with people but you also have to be really really good at what you're doing Mm -hmm. you know Mm -hmm. i mean you can how frustrating is it to talk to a super friendly register operator who just doesn't know the system yeah who can't answer any of your questions it's like oh what's that in the pastry case like Uh, 10 minutes go by i don't know yeah it's like like, i really like you but i'm not doing anything i really like you but you're frustrating the fuck out of me like my effort's going up (laughs) yeah this is (laughs) right it's like this is annoying you're not really taking care of me you're just friendly yeah so there's one part that is in you know the the human connective part of it but then the other part is you have to be a master at your craft. Even if you think your craft, even if your craft seems like something as basic as working the register at a coffee shop, there's nothing basic about it. Yeah. Because when you interact with the person who's the best at it, it's a game changer. Mm-hmm. You're like, oh my God, that was so refreshing. Right. Like, I feel so taken care of. Like that was just so easy and so fun. Mm-hmm. Like no big deal. I think there's, I mean, that's, that's true. And that's something that you can and should do no matter where you're at with whatever job you have. And then the next part that we, you know, I keep going back to is starting to recognize and being self-aware enough to know and diving into what part of the work is giving you energy or not. So you don't 
You don't stop doing your best be- when you potentially realize that the work isn't giving you energy, right? You still progress. You still bring your mastery to the table because that provides all the opportunity for the future. But what you might do and what can be totally frustrating is that people, in this case, that are, I guess, like you and I, there are a lot of people who can't speak to what we do and why it matters the same way we do because that's just maybe not their gifting. They don't think about it the same way. They can kind of articulate it and re-articulate it like we can, but some people are never going to, even if they believe it, like in their soul, they're not going to be able to articulate it with the passion that we might. And that's one part that I'm starting to kind of find a way to accept is finding a space for maybe people who want to carry it out, but maybe aren't able to articulate and in, and in, bring a team together and be like, oh, fuck yeah, I totally get it. They can, they can support it, they can be a part of it, and they can even bring a team up in a whole different way. But being able to recognize your, your, own, your own ability to play the game of life and work, it really can free you up and still allow you to have energy without necessarily right, having to uh, replicate yourself or myself or anybody else at your job. You know, I think... I think people often get stuck trying to emulate exactly A to Z. Like, okay, Chris, Chris stands mm-hmm. like this. He talks like this. This is his intonation. You know, I've seen it. I saw it in um, somebody we podcasted once. And I'm like, oh, they've really been emulating exactly how this person speaks. And I can hear it in their voice. And it's really good. It's not, don't get me wrong. But then there's, there's this part of me now that I'm seeing when people try to be that, occasionally they they end up going down this burnout phase like i'm not really being myself you you can still be yourself and do everything that we're talking about you just don't have to do it in the same way you don't have to be always the one who brings a whole team together and gets them psyched on an idea you can be the supportive person who comes alongside the person with the voice and like carries out the work together and is able to speak with it but doesn't necessarily have to be like okay you 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 and you come over here we're going to do this together you know you can still you can still be all of these things. And I guess I'm, I feel like I'm really in a place where I'm trying to open up and allow people to celebrate, still contribute and, and not try to like live outside of who they are in the context of any work they do, let alone ours. I'm seeing it. I'm seeing it with us, right? It's like, what if you are, what if you are just genuinely, you end up being just genuinely drained by the idea in the work that is being a concierge and a barista here, but you really identify with the culture and it's like, great, like this might not be the place for you, but let's, let's find you, like, let's find your A plus version and like send you out into the world and to be up to a better place. Sure. Let's find that spot, but let's also not get hung up and be like, man, this person is so awesome. And it's just not working and we're just going to keep, we're just going to keep trying to force you into this thing because like, you know, you sound right. You feel right. Like I really like you as a person. And, and that's also a really important opportunity. Everybody in your organization counts for something and everybody who's not in your organization counts for something too. (laughs) And so, you know, like you could have, you could have just all these opportunities, (laughs) Yeah, which is, well, it's hard because I think there's a difference between looking at yourself as what you might traditionally call a failure because you wish that you fit in a job at a role in this company that you really look up to and love. But that role and that job 
isn't in the company here that you love. And so somehow I'm a failure or somehow that company's a failure because they don't have it for me. And none of those things are true. And that, I just, I'm looking at that as a whole and I'm looking at that as, a, as across the board as people coming and going anywhere and feeling like it's a, a, a win or a loss or a fail or a success. And I'm like, what if it's neither of those things? And the answer is it is oftentimes, if we do a good job, neither of those things. Well, it might just be a stop on the way. I, well, okay, yeah. My, my gut feeling is that it can be a stop on the way and a success even if it doesn't work out. Because, I, yeah, I guess what I'm trying to say is that's, right. that it could all be successful maybe yeah. instead of trying to give it a, a win, lose, or draw, though. I was trying to like right. give it a neutral. But be yes, it could be success. Because in the best way, which is what you described before, is you know figuring out what's energizing people, what's working really well, what's not. And if it's not working well, cool, there's no harm, no foul. But we can, we can even help you find a place that better suits what you need and that's a win overall like if someone has to leave and ends up in a better situation like that's a win for us mm -hmm. and that's a win for them mm -hmm. even though they're not a part of our team anymore and we might miss them a lot it's yeah it's not because that's the thing and i was i've had a lot of these conversations lately to where the great thing about i mean people are just there's a lot of great people out there. Like mm -hmm. Everyone has the ability to contribute to something. So the fact that you think you have the only people on your team who can possibly do this work is not true. Sure. And I was having this conversation with someone and they're like, yeah, yeah, I get it. Everyone's replaceable. And I'm like, that's, that's not what not I'm saying. What we're saying. I'm saying as special as you are, everyone else is just as special in some other way. You right. know what I mean? It's like that they're great people everywhere and given the right opportunity in the right environment there's so many people who can step up and do amazing work mm -hmm. it's not that everyone's just replaceable it's that like people are capable of amazing things yeah everybody's uh, able not replaceable yeah exactly is potentially able so that's that's where that's where i come from and it's still still hard when you have to you know when someone moves on especially when it's a surprise or if you weren't expecting it and and that's also hard if they're magical people, but there's also the flip side of that, which is whatever we played a part or wherever they played a part in creating a pathway to whatever is next for them. And hopefully because of working with us, which we've said in the beginning that we would love for anybody who writes down, I worked at cat and cloud to basically be a shoe in at any job that they had in the future. Yeah, you can. And that that's one, you know, we and we don't talk about it a shit ton now, but it's been something we've said since the inception of the company is we'd like to be a place that if anybody grabs a resume like, oh, shit, you worked at Cat and Cloud. Yeah, you're like top of the list. And we've we've experienced that being the truth for people so far. And when you're in it, I guess it's like a little bit of a tangent, but when you're in it and you're close to it and the work is hard and the life is hard and it's just tough, it's easy to look at people moving on as a failure versus a, we created the ability for them to, to move on to do something great. That's why I'm back to, <laughs> this is tricky because we're blurring the lines between the conversation we had before this started, but if creating this place where there is the space to be able to do that, like yeah. if we have got all our ducks in a row and we're in, weird things happen all the time, but mm -hmm. the workplace is more or less for us calm so we can invest in people like that. Then right. it, it's not, those things aren't a surprise. We're going to know to where it's like, okay, cool. 
you know, we're looking at everything, we're having these conversations, and it's like, I don't think this is the place to me, for me, what do you want, you know, and then people can articulate that, and it's like, fuck, we could help them write their resumes, you know, mm-hmm. forget about just having us on the thing, it's like, okay, cool, all right, this is the the path that you're on, let's, let's help you get as far on that path as possible, it's like... You know, whether that's a letter of recommendation, helping you structure your resume. Mm. What does your personal website look like? Right. Let me help you audit that thing. Let's get you the fucking best job that you can get. Like, right. that's a service. That's cool. <laughs> yeah. Like, that should be rad, but you have to have the bandwidth to do it. And that's kind of what we're struggling with a little bit, I think. I think a lot of people are struggling with it. We get, at least we got these big ideas, <laughs> not in our skulls. <laughs> and all the time in the world to do it, people. So anyways, next time we'll talk about growing pains. Hey everyone, that's the podcast for the week. Thanks so much for listening. If you heard something that inspired you, let us know or tell a friend. These are the types of connections that are the most important to us and that we seek to create every day. If there's something you heard and you want to know more about, send us an email to podcast at catandcloud.com or head to our website, catandcloud.com slash podcast and let us know. While you're on our site, check out everything we have to offer. Dive deep into one of our single origin coffees or pick up a little treat for yourself. We have something for everyone, so check it out. Also, find us in the usual places. YouTube, Instagram, we're always there sharing amazing things. All right, that's it. Thanks everyone for being awesome. We'll be back next week.